and welcome to episode 10 of What Next, a storytelling podcast where you, the listener, get a say in what happens next in the story. If you haven't noticed already, Jake's voice is a little different this week because I am taking over. My name is Kelly Stoll, the lovely wife of author Jake Stoll. I'll be your host this week since Jake is currently wrapped up with finishing his master's degree. Feel free to hit up our socials to let us know how you like this unique episode. Anyway, in this podcast, Jake writes and usually reads chapters for a fiction story. At the end of each chapter, we present a choice to the listeners. And for just a couple days, you have the opportunity to vote on what will happen next in the story. If you haven't listened to the first nine episodes yet, we strongly recommend you start at the beginning, since you will be pretty lost otherwise. As you may recall, at the end of the ninth episode, Jake asked you how Ariana's trusty foxhound Jax will try to rescue his master. Will he gather a critter army, or will he drink a mysterious potion? Let's see what happens next. Chapter 10. The ground is hard, cold, smooth, and damp. With each step of the human's covered feet, there is a light echo. The walls of the tunnel are made of the same smooth and hard surface as the floor. The scent of fear hangs in the air, intermixed with human excrement and tears. As the steps continue to echo down the tunnel, they begin to pass cages, which are built into walls themselves. There are thick metal bars lining the front of each cage. Most are occupied by one or more humans, the source of the fear smell. The few that don't smell of fear reek of madness. The soft pads beneath the dog's paws make its steps far quieter than the humans. The paws tread softly, warily. The humans in cages are strangers to the dog. Unless they show kindness, they are not to be trusted. The dog will protect its humans at any cost. Recently, the dog has been taking care of new humans. This human pack is noisy. The male, the alpha of the pack, is large and smells of sweat and metal. But this does not trouble the dog. The human is kind, and more importantly, a distant pack member of the dog's master. This big, smelly human walks beside his mate another big human who feeds the dog from her own plate. Their pups are absent, which is good. In this dank place of fear and pain, the pups would have given the dog even more humans to protect. Two medium-sized human males wearing metal clothes lead them down the corridor and around a bend. Just behind them is a third human, a female, also wearing metal clothes. This human carries herself like an alpha. She smells of strength and grit, but she has been kind to the dog and his new pack of humans. As soon as they make the turn, the dog smells something he hasn't smelled in weeks. His master, his human! The dog barks and darts forward. The humans behind him shout, but the dog doesn't listen. He runs to her cage and barks loudly. His rear wags uncontrollably, the white tail waving frantically to and fro. His master's scent is unmistakable but it has mixed with the smells of trees, brush, combat, blood, exhaustion, sweat, and dead things. Smelling the leftover scent of arisen zombies is repulsive for the dog. 
but the chance to be in the presence of his human far outweighs the discomfort. She sees him a moment later. Jax! Ariana exclaims as she rises from her little cot and dashes to the bars of her jail cell. She almost trips over Galfonza's long legs, stretched across the floor of their cell. Bram, sitting in the corner, wakes up slowly. Ariana slides on her knees before the bars. She reaches her arms through to pet her beloved foxhound. Ariana scratches behind Jax's ears, rubs his side, and traces a hand over the scars along his back. The dog watches tears fall from her eyes. He hastily licks her cheeks, trying his hardest to bring her comfort. The next moment, one of the humans in metal clothes yanks the dog backward by the scruff of his neck, yelling something. The dog is startled for a moment. Then he sees that the human males in metal clothes are standing behind him and his master. The dog growls from low in his throat, ready to tear through any barrier between him and his master. The dog only relents when he sees Ariana, still on her knees in her cell, say, Jax, it's okay. She holds her hands in a placating gesture. The dog sits, calmed by his master's reassurance. He is still wary, but his fight-or-flight instinct has passed. The big, smelly human pets the dog as he and the other visitors speak to the imprisoned party. The dog sits attentively, understanding none of the words said. He does, however, understand their tone. In a way, the dog understands the human conversation better than the humans. Hoagsy, the big smelly human, asks a question of Ariana, his voice full of concern. Ariana shakes her head side to side as she answers, her tone expressing fatigue and resignation. The humans continue to talk, sharing sympathies and hopes. There are tears, followed by looks of determination. One of the human males in metal clothes speaks. He expresses annoyance and apathy. The human packmates exchange reassurance once more before the metal-clad males lead them back through the tunnel. Jax is pulled away before he can lick Ariana's face. Jax barks, but a final, Jax, it's okay, from Ariana pacifies him. The dog follows along in silence as they leave the building that smells of fear behind. Sir Patricia says final words of reassurance to Hoagsy and Olgarina, whose silence expresses far more. Jax follows the Sfugensons back to their dwelling, where the dog is greeted by their four human pups. These young females have endless energy and never seem to tire of Jax's presence. While Jax is still disturbed by the image of his master in a cage, the attention from Gala, Jazz, Fuji, and Honeycrisp is a welcome comfort. Jack sleeps, curled up between Jazz and Fuji that night, as he has for the past several nights. But something is different about tonight. No matter how pleasant this soft bed and the warm bodies within might be, Jax cannot shake the mental image of his master in a cage. Slowly and gingerly, Jax stands. He walks to the edge of the bed and hops down, making only a slight noise. The girls sleep with their door ajar, giving Jax the opportunity to slip out. The wooden doorframe creaks ever so slightly. 
The Spugensons' cousin's home in Arrowswood is smaller and cozier than Hoagsey and Olgarina's home in Porkington. There's only one story, and just three bedrooms. For a big city like Arrowswood, this is actually quite a substantial house. At the front door, which stands closed and locked, Jax performs a trick. Back before Ariana's parents were killed, Jax learned how to open doors. He stands on his hind legs and pulls his paw down over the handle, but the door is locked. Jax only manages to rattle both the door and the metal lock. The noise eventually draws a human from their slumber. Jax slinks behind a chair, but his white tail sticks out. The human female, Hoagsy's cousin Thora, is tall like Hoagsy, but slimmer. Her blonde hair hangs down past her backside. To humans, the shape of her face and the curve of her body are considered beautiful. To Jax, her kindness is more beautiful. Thora says something to Jax, a question most likely. Instead of going to her, Jax walks to the door and paws at it. Thora says something to express her understanding and opens the door. She begins to lead Jax toward the side of the house where a narrow strip of grass runs between homes. But Jax doesn't follow. The dog darts away from the kind human, still thinking about his master in her cage. Thora makes a grab for Jax, but the foxhound is too quick. Within moments, Jax has turned a corner and disappeared into the night. The waning moon still sheds ample light for Jax to see by. Even with low light, Jax's larger pupils and more rods than the human eye allow him excellent vision at night. The empty streets of Arrowswood are full of sensations that humans either overlook or cannot perceive. For example, Jax knows that a population of rats make their dwelling in the Stugensons' neighbor's home by the smell of their droppings. He also knows that one of the rats is pregnant. As he wanders down a back alley, Jax sees a trio of pigeons roosting on a chimney. Were they lower to the ground, he might try to catch one. Jack steps toward a stained brick wall and sniffs. Five dogs marked this spot today, followed by a human male after a night in the nearby tavern. Jax leaves his mark for good measure. Jax wanders from the alley to Market Street. Arrowswood's Market is a veritable bazaar, with storefronts lining one side of the road and stalls lining the other. More stalls, lined in even rows, stretched back for five acres. They butt up against the temple of Nefridi, Losalian goddess of potatoes and other starches. At this time of night, the stalls, carts, and storefronts are covered by curtains, or planks of wood, depending on the value of the wares within. Some shopkeepers, particularly those selling from carts, sleep beside their goods to discourage thieves. Most farmers have returned home, which explains why Jax doesn't smell much produce as he passes through Market Street. Jax has been heading in a specific direction since he ran from Thora, but now his nose draws him on a slight detour. The scent Jax picks up is intoxicating. He smells meat of all varieties, cut, smoked, roasted, salted, even barbecued. The dog looks around briefly for humans and sees nothing. So, he gingerly lifts his front paws onto the counter that faces the street. Jax tucks his head under the curtain and peers inside. For the briefest of moments, 
Jax lives every dog's fantasy. Piled high, right in front of his nose, are stacks and stacks of chicken wings, pork shoulder, filet mignon, marinated beef ribs, and more. Saliva drips from Jax's mouth, like foam from a zealously filled beer mug. Unfortunately, the fantasy only lasts that moment. As Jax's tongue is about to touch the nearest juicy rib, he hears a shuffling off to one side. Jax ducks back beneath the curtain, just as a meat cleaver buries itself in the counter. Jax hears a human male shout something angrily, making his intention clear. The dog bolts away as the angry human curses the wild dogs of this town. Jax's run soon slows to a loping gait and then to a trot. He listens intently and slows to a walk when he is certain the man with the meat cleaver isn't giving chase. After a few moments of aimless walking, something else catches Jack's nose. Something that sets his instincts on fire. He peers into the night and sees a brief flicker of movement along the top of a stall. Jack's growls and stalks forward. He sees it again, a small critter that leaps from the top of one stall to another. Jack barks and gives chase. The critter is quick, however. Jax only sees the critter once more before it vanishes from sight. Jax sniffs the night air, but only catches faint traces of the critter's scent. The dog turns away and proceeds to head toward his previous destination. The thought of his master in a cage crosses the dog's mind once more. He begins to head back toward Market Street, away from the Temple of Nefridi. That's when his perceptive nose catches another whiff of a critter scent. This time, Jack stays quiet. He sniffs again and gets a stronger read on the critter's direction. The hunter's instincts are strong within Jack's. He slinks between the carts and stalls, taking his time. The scent grows stronger. Jack creeps forward until he sees it. A brown squirrel, its head buried in a bowl of salted cashews. The bushy tail sticks straight into the air, twitching this way and that to help the critter keep its balance. Jax leaps without warning. He crashes into the stall, jaws snapping. Jax feels the bushy tail on his tongue for a moment before the squirrel's uncanny reflexes pull it away. The impact of Jax's body knocks many objects from the counter, mostly jars of roots or leeches. Jax has a strong read on the squirrel's scent now. He follows it around the side of the covered stall, where the critter is licking at some wetness on the ground. Jax barks, and the squirrel squeaks. And the instant it squeaks, the squirrel vanishes, disappearing from sight in an instant. Jax looks to and fro. The critter's scent is still there, but Jax's eyes see nothing. Jax sits, feeling confused. He licks the substance on the ground. All this excitement has made him thirsty. The substance isn't water, as the dog had hoped. It has an acrid taste, so pungent it makes Jax's eyes water. He stops lapping it up. Jax sits for a moment and decides to give up on the hunt for the squirrel. His master is still in a cage. Jax walks back to the market street, hastily trotting past the butcher's storefront. The dog heads into a different back alley. Jax sniffs another well-marked wall and lifts his leg. 
A noise from the street makes Jax hold it. He turns around to see five dogs slinking through the alley where he entered. Hesitantly, Jax approaches the dog in the middle. It is a specimen, a tall, strong female. In his 21 dog years, Jax has never seen a dog that looks half as ornery or mean as this one. The specimen, evidently the alpha, stops and growls a warning. So much for sniffing each other's backsides. Jax sits to show his compliance and goodwill. The alpha paws at Jax's scar. Jax whimpers slightly as the big dog's nails make fresh scratches. The alpha growls deeply before snapping at Jax's ear. Jax barely manages to yank his head back. Jax stands and barks. Nothing happens for several moments. Jax tenses, expecting another bite from the alpha or one of the strays. No bites come. The alpha sniffs around in a circle, turning its head this way and that in an expression of confusion. The strays follow suit, looking around and sniffing as though Jax were not there. Jax seizes the opportunity and attempts to slip away. Stepping gingerly, Jax manages to evade the wild dog pack. Somehow, they don't see him go. From then on, Jax sticks to the wide streets. Luckily for his mission, there is no sign of any other squirrels or wild dogs. Several minutes later, Jax arrives at the building that smells of fear. The locked front door is guarded by one human in metal clothes. Slowly, Jax steps in front of him. The guard just stares ahead, as though there is no dog mere feet away from him. Jax is used to being greeted by humans with either affection or hostility, and complete indifference is a new experience. Jax barks bravely at the human, who stands between him and his caged master. The human is so startled that he nearly trips on the pointy metal stick in his hand. He notices Jax now and greets him with the expected hostility. The human kicks with a metal foot, but Jax ducks under the blow. Jax backs away as the human points the sharp metal stick at him. Jax barks, and the human recoils like someone who has seen a ghost. Jax barks again, and the human starts to cower. Curiously, Jax pads forward. The human, trembling, points his stick in Jax's direction. Jax barks again. The human cries out in fear. After a few more moments... The door to the building that smells of fear cracks open. Another metal-clad human pokes its head outside and asks something. The human guarding the entrance responds, fear evidenced by the chattering of his teeth. There is a laugh from the human on the inside, who opens the door wider and steps through. Jax takes the opportunity to pick his way through the open door, right between the legs of the human on guard duty. When Jax's tail brushes against his thigh, the human screams and cowers. Jax trots into the dank interior of the building as the humans outside shout at each other. Jax remembers the way to his master's cage. His paws pad softly down the tunnel, making almost no noise. He passes rows of humans in cages, but none of them notice his presence. Jax passes a wooden door that is cracked open. He hadn't noticed the door before. Inside, Jack sees several humans sitting around a wooden table. They speak in hushed tones, 
but it is easy to tell that both sides feel slighted by the other. Two of the humans are trying to assert dominance over each other. One human, the one doing most of the talking, has blonde hair, blue eyes, and pale skin. His utter lack of facial hair makes him look somewhat female. Jax has met this man once before. His scent is more akin to one of the monsters the party has fought than any human. This pale, evil-smelling human is flanked by two other humans, their faces shrouded in dark purple hoods. They smell of incense and ink. Across the table is a metal-clad human male, doing his best to assert dominance in spite of the fear he feels. Jax gently backs away from the door. His master is still in a cage. Jax pads down the rest of the tunnel before finally turning the corner that leads to his master's cage. His master and her packmates are fast asleep. Jax pants, his tail wagging. He whimpers, then barks as quietly as he can. Ariana stirs and looks at him. Her eyes widen with surprise and joy. Jax! she exclaims. Jax barks at his master, his tail wagging uncontrollably. Ariana looks confused. Where'd you go, boy? Jax barks again. Ariana's expression turns from confusion to awe. Jax, when did you learn to turn invisible? Jax wags his tail, his tongue lolling to one side. Jax, you can't be here. Go back to Hoagsy. Jax barks and disappears once more. Ariana reaches a hand through the bars where she saw him last. Jax feels her hand on his head. Ariana chuckles. Jax, you are incredible. Jax wags his tail with delight. Suddenly, Jax hears a voice behind him. He turns to see another human male in metal clothes. Ariana yanks her hand away from Jax and backs away from the bars of her cage. At this time, Bram and Galfons have stirred awake as well. The human in metal clothes says something and bangs on the bars of the cage with his pointy stick. Jax, enraged that another person is coming between him and his master, bites towards the human's backside. His teeth chomp on metal, making a painful grating noise. The human jumps three feet in the air. Jax barks at him, giving a warning to back away from the cage. The human screams something about a demon dog and jabs at Jax with his pointy stick. It clangs against the stone ground, narrowly missing Jax's head. Jax backs away from the pointy stick and barks. The human in metal clothes shrinks in fear as Jax vanishes again. He turns and yells at Ariana. This is too much for Jax. He leaps at the human, crashing into his side. The human holds his ground and kicks at the invisible dog. He misses wide, slipping and tumbling backward. The human stumbles into the bars of Ariana's cage. From within the cage, two strong hands reach out and seize his head. The human tries to pull away, but Galfons's grip is too strong. Galfons pulls back hard, slamming his head into the bars once, twice, three times. The human in metal clothes slumps to the ground, unconscious. Ariana reaches through the bars and pulls a metal ring from his belt. Working together, she and Bram are able to find the right key for the cell. They gently ease the door open, and Jax wags his tail with excitement. His master is free! The party members creep out of their cell and peer around the corner. 
By some miracle, none of the other guards seem to have heard the commotion. Ariana smiles in the direction of her invisible dog and whispers, Good boy, Jax. That's all for this week. Thank you to Crystalaney for the theme music, and thank you to Jake for letting me take over this episode. And of course, I want to thank all of you out there for continuing to listen and submit your votes. This show means a lot to Jake, and he really appreciates all of you. Here are the voting results after last episode. Gather a Critter Army took 43% of the votes, and Drink a Mysterious Potion took 57%. The choice this time is this. Now that they are free from jail, will the party flee Arrowswood or risk retrieving their armor from Hoagsey? To summarize, the choices this time are retrieve armor or flee. If you want to submit a vote for the next episode, send an email to whatnextpod at gmail.com or leave a comment on our Instagram post at whatnextpodcast. As always, we'll post a story with a poll as well. Voting will close Wednesday, March 20th at 10 p.m. PST, so don't hesitate to submit your vote. If you like the show, there are a couple of things you can do to help us out. Leave a review in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast, or you can check out Jake's first novel on Amazon. It's titled The Gauntlet and tells the origin story of the world's first superhero. And it even has a character in there based after me. Thanks again for listening. We look forward to seeing what you want to happen next. Thank you.